Hi everyone, this is the Supported Sobriety Podcast. I'm Matt, and I'm in recovery from an addiction to pornography. And I'm Katie, and I've been married to Matt and supporting him in his addiction for four years. We created this podcast to bring hope, healing, and greater understanding to both men struggling with pornography addiction and women who support someone struggling with an addiction. I upload episodes for men with pornography addictions. And I upload episodes for the women who are supporting their loved one. We share real stories from members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but anyone is welcome to listen, and we believe everyone can benefit from finding peace through Jesus Christ. We hope that this podcast can bring you closer to Jesus Christ and help you on your journey of recovery and healing. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this episode of Supported Sobriety. Hey everyone, this is Katie. I'm really bugged because I just did a bunch of intros for the podcast and realized that I did not have my microphone plugged in, so that was annoying. I'm still trying to get used to (laughs) the software and the equipment and stuff, so still just trying to figure it out. So I'm kind of redoing some of them, but it's fine. We'll figure it out soon. Um, But I'm really excited to share this episode with you today. My friend Danielle came on the podcast, and I'm super excited for you to hear her story. She is so great. She is one of those people where you just feel instantly connected with them. When she came into the when she came into the group with her husband, afterwards she and I were kind of talking and I just felt like, okay, I'm going to be good friends with this girl. She's so great. She's so relatable, so easy to talk to. And she is. She is really amazing. She and I got together a few times and she just makes you feel so important and she's such a good listener and such a good friend. So I'm really excited for you to hear her interview and learn from her experience with her husband. She has been an amazing support person to her husband. So here is Danielle. Danielle, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I am 21 years old. I have lived in Utah my whole life. Um, we, I actually spent my whole childhood basically in one town, so I haven't moved around a lot. I've been here forever. Um, um, I'm currently at Utah Valley University in the dental hygiene program. So I've got just a couple more semesters there and then I'll be graduated. Um, what else about me? I love anything outdoors. So especially during the summer, I love to go hiking and camping. My husband and I love to fish together and just do anything outside. We really enjoy being outside together. Fun. And you said that Austin is in school too, right? Yes. So he, he was originally doing pre-med. Um, so he was almost ready to take the MCAT, but then he changed his mind. So he's kind of had to backtrack a little bit and retake some classes. And um, so he's, he's still got a while. He's kind of waiting for me to finish my program um, because he's wanting to do physical therapy. Oh, cool. So he, we're kind of just waiting because we might have to move out of state So I have to finish my program before that, but yeah, the plan is physical therapy. So he, he has a couple more years. And then once I graduate, we'll have a couple more years. So we've got a long, a long long road ahead. (laughs) Yeah. I remember, I remember that long road in school. I don't think I told you, but Matt actually, it was, when was it? Maybe like five months ago or something. It was right before I had Ezra, our youngest. So Matt was bench pressing with his brother and Matt tore his pec muscle. And Mm -hmm. I was out of town. Actually, I was like on a trip with my mom, my sisters and stuff. So Matt tore his pec muscle. 
he went to the ER and they told him that he had to have surgery and it was just like this huge thing. I was so bugged because it was like right before I had the baby. So of course he's like in a sling and like going through surgery and all this stuff. Anyway, so that, that just reminded me of it because Matt's doing physical therapy right now and Austin's doing physical therapy. So. <laughs> well, that's not awesome, but that's a good connection. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's super lame, but his physical therapist is really awesome. So we need people like Austin to help those less fortunate with <laughs> their physical therapy issues. Hopefully he heals quickly. I know. Yeah. He's, he's been doing pretty good. So yeah. So that wasn't fun. Yeah. Anyway, so you guys are doing school, super busy with that. Um, I love the story of how you and Austin met. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. So I, we met, it was like the second day of school. I was a freshman in college. Um, and I specifically remember telling myself once I started college, I was like, I'm like, I want to date around and stuff, but I don't want to get in a serious relationship for at least two years. Like I just mm-hmm. want to get through my prerequisites, get into my program. And anyway, so it was the second day of school that I met him. Um, they have at UVU, they have this UTA bus system and it goes straight from my apartment to the school. So I decided mm-hmm. to try that instead of getting a parking pass. Cause those are like a hundred bucks and I just didn't want to spend that money. Yeah. So I honestly had no idea how the bus system worked really. <laughs> I was like there and stood at the bus stop and I was just waiting. I waited forever. Um, but I actually missed the bus I was supposed to get on. I think uh-huh. I came after it showed up. So I missed that one. And I was waiting and I was super frustrated because it was so hot outside. And I think I was probably waiting for two hours. Like I was just, Oh my gosh. Are you serious? I was so annoyed. So the bus is the worst. Yes. So anyway, I was just sitting there on my phone and I remember I looked up and I saw Austin and I was like, Oh, he's very attractive. And he caught my um he kind of he went over and he didn't stand right by me we were kind of a little way apart but we kind of kept glancing at each other and then the bus came so we got on and I remember thinking like if I want to talk to him again I should probably sit by him um so I kind of went and sat by him but the buses I learned very quickly they are dead silent like no one really talks (laughs) quiet so um Anyway, but he was explaining, because I was sitting next to a whole bunch of freshmen too, and he was explaining that the UTA bus system for each bus stop, they have a different number. And you can text that number and it will tell you when the bus is coming. Mm-hmm. You don't have to just sit outside waiting for it forever. So he was explaining that to me and I was like, oh, that's awesome. Can I grab that number from you? And then that was kind of it. The rest of the bus ride was quiet. And then we got off and I got off in front of him and I was like, okay, if I walk like super fast, then like he won't have a chance to talk to yeah. me. So I took my time. I knew he was right behind me. And I don't know, I don't even know what he said, but he came up and he started talking to me and he walked me to my apartment and then he had some smooth line, like earlier you got a number from me. So now I'm going to grab one from you or something. Oh, like. classic. <laughs> so then I gave him my number and texted me pretty shortly after which was a good surprise I feel like I was expecting you know the whole wait a couple days before you text him so that was a good surprise and I think we went on our first date the next day 
but yeah and then we just started talking and seeing each other like every day after that so it was really good how cute I love that and you guys got engaged how long was your engagement so our let's see we dated for a little over a year and then we got engaged in September and then we got married in December of that next year fun was about a little over a year okay cool and you've been married for about two years then right a little over two years I guess we had our second anniversary just last December so just a couple months ago well congrats on your two-year anniversary that's a big milestone that's awesome yeah good for you guys so would you start telling me about your journey like as a support person for Austin how did that start when and how did you find out about his addiction so we found, I found out in, it was the June after we had been married. So it was about six months after we had been married mm-hmm. and his family is big into boating. So they go down South multiple times in the summer. Um, so I think it was like the first time we had headed down there and we, when we all got there, we got into the hotel room. I think we were with his whole family. We kind of were just all spread out everywhere. So bed somewhere on the floor we were just exhausted so we I think we had something on on the tv and I end up I ended up falling asleep um and I don't think I slept for very long but when I woke up everyone was gone um and so was Austin so I was kind of like oh like maybe they just went and got food or whatever so I I just lay there for a second. I was like, well, like, should I go back to sleep? What should I do? Um, but then I noticed that I heard the shower running. And then I also noticed that I really had to go to the bathroom. So I was like, well, like, if that's Austin, I can just go in there and use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I texted him and I asked if that was him in the bathroom. And he responded. He's like, yeah, that's where I am. And so I just was like, great, this is perfect. So I just... I, the door was locked, but I just unlocked it and went inside and, um, I kind of just instantly felt sick. Like I kind of knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, He had been in there for a while and he had his phone with him and I just kind of knew. You didn't Uh, have like, you didn't know that that had maybe been going on anytime before that. You just like had that feeling that that's what was happening. Yeah. I had no idea that he had had a past with it. Um, I didn't, it's probably one of the things I regret is I didn't even ask him when we were dating. Mm-hmm. I, I, I remember one specific time I kind of had the feeling like maybe I should ask him about that, but I kind of just brushed it aside Yeah, because uh, he had a roommate that struggled with it and he was open with me about his roommate. Like he yeah. was like I'm trying to help him with it. Like I've gone to a 12 steps program with him. And so I kind of just figured like, oh, if he struggled with it, he probably would have told me. Right. Yeah. Well, I didn't ask, so I had no idea. Um, but I just, yeah, I kind of had my suspicions, but at that point I was still kind of groggy from waking up and I just yeah. it off. So I used the bathroom and then I went out and I laid on the bed and I was kind of a little bit more awake and kind of putting pieces together. And I just felt sick and I just was super worried. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And at that point I was like, I don't know for sure. Like, I don't want to be just jumping to conclusions, but like something inside of me just really felt sick about it. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of waited and he, um, came out just a couple minutes later and 
sat on the bed with me and I think the TV was still going. So he just yeah. kind of, and I didn't really want to say anything. Cause I, I, at this point I was like kind of shaky and I was just like, I don't know like what to do. I'm, I'm not sure. So yeah. What were some things that you were like thinking at that point? Like what was going through your mind? <sighs> Honestly, like when I look back, I kind of feel like my mind was just foggy. Like yeah. I, again, I didn't know for sure. So I didn't want to jump to conclusions, but there just that feeling inside of me. I was like, I don't know, like there's no other explanation. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I felt very almost distant from him. Like he was laying by me, but I was just kind of like, I don't like, I don't really want to be by you right now. I just kind yeah. of figure this out. So I waited a couple minutes and then I just, I think I was just like, Oh, I need to use the bathroom again. So I got up and I went in there and he had left his phone on the counter. So I was like, Oh, like, should I look, should I check? And so I decided I made that decision to check his phone and mm-hmm. I had that suspicion confirmed. And at that point, that's when I really kind of just, like I said, my mind kind of just went foggy. Like I, I don't, yeah. I didn't necessarily black out, but I kind of was just like in this haze almost. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and I remember like all of a sudden, all the lessons in church I've had and all of the comments and stuff about how, how bad pornography was came to my mind. And I remember even in high school, I had teachers that told us they were like, stay away from pornography at all costs. Like it's worse than a drug addiction. Like it's terrible. Totally. So after seeing that on his phone and then having all these thoughts rush in, I kind of was just like in that moment, it didn't last very long, but for a split second, I kind of was like, oh, like our marriage might be doomed. Like, yeah, for sure. Well, so many people, like you said, like in church or in school or whatever, it just kind of is a given. Like if you or your husband struggles with pornography, like you'll probably end up getting a divorce, right? Like, I feel like that's just kind of what you're taught, what people say a lot. And there isn't very much understanding around the topic. There isn't very much grace around the topic. It's just like black and white. Like your husband is a bad person. If he struggles with pornography, you'll probably get divorced. Exactly. And that's exactly what was going through my head at that point. Um, Which is so so scary. Like I can't imagine how scary that would feel and to like see that on his phone must have been just so devastating yeah and we had only been married six months so I was kind of just like we just got we were still in the honeymoon stage like mm-hmm. it just was kind of like I don't know it rocked my world honestly yeah, like I, for sure and I didn't know what to do like I I feel like we at least in the church I feel like it was talked a lot about like avoiding pornography and not getting addicted but it I don't really feel like we ever talked about like what to do if you are addicted or if right. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of know what to do. And I didn't want to reach out to anybody because it was hurting me. But at the same time, it was his addiction, Austin's mm-hmm. addiction. So I didn't want to, you know, kind of throw him under the bus in a way. So I just kind of sat there and then I put his phone down and I got up and I went back and I think I sat by him again and I don't, I don't think we really talked. Like, I think he, I don't think he necessarily knew that I know that I knew at that point, but I think he just didn't want to say anything just in case I had just brushed it off. Yeah. So, and then I think his family showed up shortly after. And at that point it was time for dinner. So they suggested we go. So we went out to dinner and I just remember like, 
I was trying so hard to fake that I was okay, but like really I feel like my mind was just racing and like I couldn't even focus on a conversation. Um, and I remember we went to a buffet and I felt so bad because I think I put like two things on my plate because oh. I was hungry at all. Yeah, you probably just felt sick to your stomach. Yeah, so I I tried, like I, I kind of picked out a bunch of different things and tried to choke down some food, but it was really hard and I... Yeah. Anyway, I tried really hard to be part of conversations, but like I was just kind of in a different place. Mm -hmm. So I was super glad when we finished eating um, because that meant Austin and I could drive home together and it was just going to be us two. So I was kind of like, well, it's now or never like I need to bring it up or I can't fake it for that long. So we got to the hotel. It was a short drive. So we got to the hotel and we parked and I kind of just sat there and I eventually asked him, um, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I, I probably just asked like, what were you doing in the shower? Mm -hmm. Um, I think he just kind of brushed it off and was like, oh, it's like not what you think. And, and then I was just like, no, like I saw your phone. I know. And before that he was kind of trying to brush it off. And I think I even asked him like, were you looking at pornography? And I think he said no, Mm -hmm. that I had checked his phone and I saw it. And then at that point, he kind of just like, I don't know, it was really sad for me. Like his whole demeanor just changed. He kind of, I don't know, like he seemed very sad and like I knew he felt terrible because he'd been keeping it from me. Yeah. And, but at that point, I couldn't even really look at him. Like I think I was just looking straight talking to him because I, I just had so much going through my head. And after he was like, yeah, like after I asked and he said yes. I just like, I broke down. I started crying and he was crying. Yeah. It was just, at that point I was very hurt because, and I was honestly pretty embarrassed. Like yeah, it had been going on our whole relationship from the second we were dating till then. I just felt really embarrassed that it had been going on and I had no idea. Um, but we had a good conversation. Um, I remember I didn't really know what to say. Yeah. Um, towards the end of the conversation, I just told him, I said, I don't see you any differently. And I still love you. Mm -hmm. I think that meant a lot to have a lot to him to have me say that because kind of relaxed a little bit. And he just said, thank you. And then we just kind of sat there while we both finished crying. (laughs) Yeah. We're ready to go back inside. And yeah. Um, I remember we went back inside and it was hard because we were sharing a hotel room with his sisters or something. I was with his sisters. Yeah. And so we went back there and, you know, we didn't, we couldn't really be alone. So we were laying there watching something on TV and he kind of was just laying there. And I think he felt really bad because he was laying by me and he was just kind of like cuddling me, but just kind of in like a sad way, almost like he just felt really bad. Uh Uh-huh. Um, but we had also talked about in the car about setting some restrictions on his phone. Mm-hmm. So he gave me his phone once we got inside and just kind of said, like, do whatever you can to put restrictions up and block things yeah. and stuff. So I took his phone. I changed his Instagram password, his Snapchat. I put like restrictions on how long he could be on the Internet. And then I think I took off the YouTube app. Like I just took mm-hmm. off it. And 
I kind of think that was one of the first things that I did as a support person that was helpful. Well, the very first thing was probably just the fact that I told him I loved him and I didn't see yeah. him. Mm-hmm. I think that opened up a window for him to feel like he could ask me to put the restrictions and stuff on his phone and he could kind of, even though I knew and it was hurtful, he could still move forward. So, and then putting the restrictions on the phone, I think that was also really helpful to him. Um, just because then hopefully he wouldn't get tempted as much for that, or if he did, he wouldn't have the access to it. Yeah. That was good. I remember, I don't really remember the rest of the trip. I think it was pretty hard. I think I I bet pretty quiet the rest of the trip. I do remember when we got home, I feel like it almost got a little bit worse. I think it just kind of hit me a little bit harder and kind of settled in what was happening. Mm -hmm. And... I, I just remember feeling very hurt and angry and it kind of was hard at that point for me to be a support to him because all I was feeling was just anger. Yeah. So the next couple of days weren't so good. I think we were both working, which was kind of nice because we had that time apart. Yeah. To kind of like think and process it and stuff. Yeah. Which was good. Also for me, it wasn't super good because I tend to and so when I was alone I was just like almost making myself more mad about it Mm -hmm. so had you not really had very many talks about it together at that point you were still maybe like distant from each other a little bit yeah I was kind of angry and yeah yep and yeah like I feel like we were kind of just like I don't know like we kind of just were existing in the same space yeah interacting Uh uh-huh I can't remember one night pretty shortly after it might've even been the first night we were back home. I remember laying in bed and I just had so many questions. Cause he, I mean, he said yes, that he had had an addiction, but I didn't like, we didn't really answer any questions or anything. Right. Like, what does that mean? What does it look like for you? How long stuff like that? Yeah. So I remember one night just laying in bed and I, I was just like keeping myself awake going over things. So I finally just asked him, I was like, I have like some questions I want to ask you. Can you just be super open about them? And he was super good. That's one thing I admired about him from mm-hmm. is he was willing to be super open. So I asked him the questions, like, how long has it been going on? How many times, like, since we've been married, have you been looking at it? And yeah. You know, his response was like, it was every couple months, like he would look and then he'd feel really guilty. So he would like do really good for a little bit and then he would fall back into the trap. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so I got some other questions answered. And at that point, I just felt, again, I just felt so angry. Like I didn't even, so I got up, I went and I laid on the couch and I think I spent the rest of the night there. And then I think the next morning was when we finally had a conversation of like, what do we do now? Yeah. Uh, And he was actually the one that suggested the 12 step program that the church puts on. Mm -hmm. So, and I was super happy about that because I was like, I'm glad I didn't have to be the one to ask you to do that or force you. That's great. That's nice. Yeah. So, and honestly, even up until that point, I didn't like, I had heard of it, but it didn't even cross my mind. Like, Mm -hmm wasn't super familiar with it so he suggested that and at this point we were living up um we were about an hour away from Provo we were kind of up in the mountains and I remember his grandparents were both 
um, some leaders of a 12-step program. So mm. he was like, I don't go anywhere up here or in Salt Lake. Like, I'd rather go down in the Provo area because I probably won't see anyone I know. Yeah. So I respected that. So we decided we'd go. And then that next Sunday was when we went to the first one. Um, and that was probably one of the best things for both of us. I think it allowed both of us to kind of be support for one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went and I, I, I can't imagine how he felt. I walked in and I even felt super embarrassed to be there. Just <laughs> everyone knows like what we're yeah. struggling with. Yeah. So I can't imagine how hard it was for him, but we sat down and everyone was super friendly and kind and they talked to you just like getting to know you like they didn't even bring up pornography or anything it was just like hey how are you where are you from like type of thing and mm-hmm. and then once the um once kind of the session got started I just remember the whole time I kind of just kept my head down because it was just it was one thing like hearing everybody else basically saying the same thing that I was going through it just all those emotions and it was still pretty raw for me so I I just remember keeping my head down and staying quiet but he opened up and he told his story and I feel like every week after that got a little bit better and I was starting to be able to share my side of the story and I think that honestly was one of the best things for us because on the drive home after those meetings we had the best conversations and we were able to say like, okay, if you do relapse and look at pornography again, what's our plan? Like, mm-hmm. are you, you know, are you going to tell me right away? We said, I think we said like, you have a day to tell me, like you have 20 hours. Yeah. Didn't feel the pressure right away, but he had a little bit of time. So I think one of the best things I did for him was to just treat his addiction more kind of like any other challenge or trial that he's facing. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, And that's something I learned from the 12 steps is I just, you know, I sat there and I looked at everyone and I just kind of started to realize that it was more, again, just like a trial. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like they were choosing to be addicted. It was something, you know, that they didn't really have a ton of control over. So I was able to, we kind of set up like a game plan. If it happened again, we set up plans for like ways that we can prevent it from happening again. And throughout the whole time, I think one of the best things I did was just telling him that I love him mm-hmm. because for him, every time it got brought up, it was just really challenging to, you know, for him, he, he had been keeping it from me for a long time and I'm sure he felt so terrible about it. So it was a good reminder for him to know that I still loved him. Yeah. That is uh, so sweet. Yeah. So, and then I think, um, one other thing we did is there's this app Um, I think it's called habit bowl or something like that. Um, but it's just a way you can put in a topic and track your daily progress. Oh, uh uh-huh. We both got that app and then we kept track together every day of like another day of him refraining from his addiction. Yeah. And I think that was super helpful because I know there were random times where I'd be like, Hey, it's been like 90 days. Uh And I think that was really helpful to see that I was involved in keeping track and like that I was proud of him for that yeah, uh-huh. so I think that meant a lot and then once it hit a year we kind of did a little celebration it wasn't anything big but I think we like went out to dinner or yeah that's fun yeah so it was it's just like those little things of him of like showing him that I was there supporting him along the way mm-hmm. 
and um, he actually still hasn't had a relapse, so we haven't gone through that. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm hoping that through everything we did, he would feel okay opening up again about yeah. that. Well, that's amazing for Austin to have gone so long and just kind of cut it off like really quickly, you know, like that's really wonderful that he's been able to do that. And that you guys haven't had to experience having relapses and stuff, but it seems like you've been just really supportive of him that if he does, then he would be able to come to you for that. It was really hard at first, but I think we're, you know, shortly after, honestly, I think it came from, I prayed so much and I I asked a lot to just kind of see Austin the way that God sees him. Cause in those, in those first moments, I was just super angry. Yeah. Um, but then after praying a ton and going to those meetings, I kind of just started seeing him. It almost made me more sad than mad. Like I felt so bad that he had been going through this his whole life. You know, he wanted to be better and he would say like, okay, that was the last time, like I'm going to do better. And he would, and then he'd fall back into it. And yeah, I felt more sadness for him instead of that anger and then I was able to kind of just treat him a little better probably than I was Mm -hmm. yeah I love that I love that you were able to pray so much and be able to ask God to give you that love and those feelings of understanding for Austin because like you said like I feel I felt similar in my situation where there were so many times that I was angry and still like there's sometimes I'm angry about it but it has been helpful to kind of look at it. It seems like you've kind of like been able to separate yourself from it a little bit and just say like, this isn't about me or about our marriage or something. Like this is something that Austin has been dealing with and that is so difficult for him, right? And it's like, you have that level of understanding of what that's been like and how hard that has been for him. And I'm sure, like you said, like I'm sure he just had felt so guilty and just, I bet it was eating him alive that he hadn't told you about it for so long that must have been so hard for him right yeah he I remember he told me after he's because when we first well not when we first started dating but like probably eight months after we started talking about marriage and I told him like I want to marry you I'm in that spot and he was really slow to get there Mm -hmm. and kind of conflicted in a lot of ways and he told me after that it's because of that addiction oh uh uh-huh Cause he felt like he either needed to get it solved or tell me about it before. Right. Uh-huh. So conflicted about it. Um, so that was kind of nice to hear and also saddening to hear. Cause I just felt so bad that, you know, this whole time we were dating, he was really, he was really struggling with it. And I had, yeah, yeah, that is really difficult. I think a lot of people go through that. I mean, my husband kind of did the same thing where we, I think we'd gotten engaged and he kind of started slipping back into his addiction. And he was like, now what do I do? Like, are we going to like cancel the wedding? Like, I can't tell her, but I feel like I should tell her. I might not be able to go to the temple, like all these things. And it's like a really high pressure time <laughs> to be telling someone about your addiction. Exactly. Yeah. So I honestly, I feel like I'm at a place now where I am frustrated that he never told me. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like the way it worked out, it led us to be closer together and mm-hmm. like a lot more communication about it than it would have probably. Yeah. I love that. And that is so hard to do to like, let the trial bring you guys closer together instead of kind of tearing you apart. And it sounds like 
I mean, there have been times, like, especially at the beginning, it sounds like you guys were kind of distant. You like didn't really talk for a few days about the addiction, things like that. And I, I feel like that's completely normal. Like Matt and I still have times like that too, you know, but if you can just let it bring you closer together, like sounds like that you did that. That is just really amazing that you were willing to forgive and you're willing to be patient and loving to him and stuff. So that's so that's really great that you guys have been able to experience that. Yeah. And I honestly think most of it is just like, honestly, I give it like, I give all the credit to God because like I said, at the beginning, it was so hard for me. And I feel like at that point I just prayed constantly. Mm -hmm. I just felt a lot about like how mad I was and how frustrated I was. And I think I do like one specific time. I remember I was praying and I was just saying like how upset and hurt I was. And I just remember the words, um, just love him. Was mm-hmm. and then at that point I was kind of like okay what I guess I can do that yeah but that was really really good for me to hear and I think it just allowed me again kind of like you said to separate myself but also to separate Austin and the addiction because mm-hmm. it was I just was able to I don't know separate the hurt and the madness or the hurt and the sadness that I felt and just attribute that to the trial we were facing, not necessarily to Austin himself. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. That was a, that was a really big blessing, honestly, to just at that moment, I feel like I just stepped a lot closer to God and Mm -hmm. just kind of on everything. And I think that's really what made the biggest difference. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that story. That is really great. It sounds like there was just so much hurt and pain that kind of came with you finding out about Austin's addiction and a lot of really hard times that followed that, you know, I think that just happens with everybody, but I really love hearing that story about you praying and God telling you to love him and that you were able to do that. That's really amazing that you chose to keep doing that, you know, and to keep loving him. And it seems like it's been working really well for both of you. Yeah. Yeah, it has. I still catch myself sometimes I don't know. I feel like I, I'm still not fully healed from it. And I think I still have some trust issues I yeah. could, um, or worries, but I feel like the biggest thing I've learned to this point is I can't really control anything. Like if he's going to relapse, he's going to relapse. I can't control. Mm-hmm. That. Um, and like I said, I kind of overanalyze things in my mind. So I do worry about it a lot, but I've kind of just come to find that in those moments, if I pray and I just like kind of give all my worries to God, then it's a lot easier for me to keep going and to let go of those worries faster so that it doesn't just overcome me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That is so great that you've been able to find what is helpful for you. Something that I wanted to ask you about that you kind of mentioned earlier was, I think you said in the beginning when you were finding out about his addiction, kind of like the early stages of it, you felt like you kind of blamed yourself for his addiction. Yes. So I think that was, um, that was pretty early on. I think I just, mostly I just felt like, oh, if I, maybe if I had been more intimate with him, he wouldn't feel the need to go looking somewhere else. Or, you know, I kind of felt like maybe I don't look the way he wants, or maybe I'm not pretty enough. Like I just felt a lot for that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's almost why I was so angry and mad because 
it almost felt targeted at me kind of that's so hurtful yeah and so and honestly like I kind of felt just cheated on too married it for six months and then I just I felt like the whole time he had been looking somewhere else for pleasure kind of and Mm -hmm. so that was really hard I was kind of hard on myself for a while and I I think I probably kind of turned that mindset after probably the first 12-step program just Mm because I saw so many other people going through the same thing and like hearing the men talk about their addictions I just kind of realized like it has nothing to do with their wives like it's on their own they've been struggling with it before and and it really just didn't have anything to do with me so that was once I realized that it was really freeing like I I felt like then at that point I really could be a good support person to him because instead of focusing so much on how it was affecting me or how I was hurt by it I kind of was able to say okay like now what can we do to help him feel better Mm -hmm. that was that was a big blessing yeah well I think so many women feel the same way like I know that I felt that same way several times of I'm not pretty enough I'm not being intimate with you enough so you have to go find it somewhere else and that is really hard to feel like that like you said like you feel targeted you feel like it's about you like you need to be doing better and yeah like that just really isn't the case in a lot in most situations and going to the 12-step program sounds like that really helped you kind of figure that out you know that those husbands or whoever it is has been struggling with their addiction for so long even before they got married and I think a lot of men can go into their marriage thinking oh it'll get better once I get married like I'm not going to have this problem anymore because I'm going to be intimate and I'm going to have like a beautiful wife or whatever it is so they think it's just going to get solved once they get married and again that's not the case most of the time so then they keep struggling in their addiction and then it ends up hurting their wives in so many different ways but like you said, I just love that you were able to separate yourself from that and quickly realize it didn't have anything to do with you. You are beautiful. You are everything that your husband needs. And he just kind of has his own struggles like everyone does, right? Like this is just a struggle that's specific to him for whatever reason he's he's been dealing with this for a long time. Right. Yeah. And he had even told me that it started when he was, he was so young. Um, I can't remember exactly how old he was, but probably 10 or maybe even a little bit younger. Yeah, that is so, that's my husband too. It's just, it just starts really young for some people. That's so hard. So I think at that point I kind of, I mean, I had known that, but I started realizing like if, if he's been struggling with it for that long, I don't, I don't really have a part in his addiction. Right. Like addiction. Mm-hmm. And also I just, after hearing that, it made me really sad because I kind of feel like at that point, he didn't really have a ch- like a chance to avoid that, you know, when you're so right. yeah, things and you kind of just got roped into it. So I think it helped me understand, be a little bit more understanding to him overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. So what have you done since Austin has been doing so much better and hasn't been having relapses and stuff? I'm sure there are some times where you, like you said, like you still maybe fully haven't healed or there's still some, sometimes that you're trying to feel that trust from him. What are some things that you do that help you feel hope during those times of doubting or questioning or feeling hopeless? Honestly, I think I would honestly say praying like, Uh, I think I, I would say that I've had a pretty good relationship with my heavenly father, like throughout my whole life, even if 
other things aren't going great, I feel like I've been really good at prayer. Like that's mm-hmm. what is. And I, I kind of just talk to him like a friend. I'm not super formal in my prayers, but yeah. I think that's the biggest thing for me. Um, and one of my favorite quotes or sayings or whatever is to give it to God and go to sleep. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> like at night was sometimes one of the biggest times where I would just like start thinking about it all over again. And I'd yeah. play it and and so then at that point I'd kind of just like say a little prayer and I just like almost imagine myself just like bundling it all up and giving it to God and then letting yeah. it but I think that's one of the biggest things I I think one thing that's given me hope um that's not really anything I've done but what Austin has done is I've kind of stopped I haven't been super good at keeping track on that app that we have together mm-hmm. of his daily progress but he still does every day and so there's very randomly he'll say like it's been this many days and for me that's nice because I'm like oh like you're still keeping track like it's oh that's so great it's kind of nice because I don't love bringing it up to him because I like I know that he's struggled with this addiction and I don't want to be like keeping reminding him of that like hey how is it going how are you Uh I don't think that's a bad thing um but just for me personally, where we're at right now, where he hasn't struggled with, well, where he hasn't relapsed for so long, I think for me, I kind of am just at a point where I am just not waiting, but I'm just kind of supporting him in little ways and just kind of letting whatever happen, happen. Yeah. And like not trying to control it. And yeah. Because I think that's, you know, if I asked him, every day how it was going I think that would in my mind it would be my way of trying to control the situation which again that's not a bad thing if that's what works for yeah of course um I think if it was something that he had relapsed a couple times over the past couple years I think we'd probably be doing more checking in every so often right for where we're at right now I think I'm kind of supporting him in other ways and it definitely crosses my mind Mm mm-hmm but again, like I said, in those moments, I think it's best for me to just pray and trust that God knows what he's doing. And um, there are still occasionally times where I'll ask him, like, I'll be like, hey, it's, you know, it's been this many days. Like, how do you feel like it's going? So I do check in occasionally. Well, how long has it been for him? I mean, not like to the day, but you said it's been at least a year, right? So let's see. So a year and a half. Yeah, if it's yeah, if it's January-ish now, then yeah, that would be a year and a half. That's so amazing. I'm so proud of him and I'm so proud of you. I'm sure like you have just been such an amazing support to him. And he is just truly so lucky to have you. I bet he wouldn't have been able to get this far without you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it sounds like you guys have just like worked so well together. And I just really admire how I chose to see him through God's eyes. And I think that's been a big thing for you. It sounds like that was really meaningful and that you were able to keep supporting him and do everything that you were doing because you were able to find that love and understanding for him in the way that God does. Yeah, it definitely has not been easy, but I feel like we're closer together now than we've ever been. Like, I'm grateful for his addiction because I think it brought us closer in a lot of ways that we wouldn't have gotten to or it would have taken us longer. Right. So I'm really grateful for it. It took me a long time before I could say that, but I am. And 
like I said, it has not been easy, but it's been worth it for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing that story. I know that it can kind of be hard to look back and kind of re-experience, you know, all the hurt and the pain that you felt. Remember how things had been hard for your husband and maybe he wasn't being honest with you, all of those things. And I know that's kind of hard to do. So thank you so much. But it sounds like you've been able to find a lot of hope and a lot of healing. Thank you so much for sharing your story. It was so wonderful to hear from you. You are so awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We would love for you to rate and review this podcast as well as share it with everyone you know. For information about the church's 12-step and support meetings, please visit arp.churchofjesuschrist.org. We encourage everyone to find a sponsor or support person. If you have any questions, feedback, are looking for a sponsor, or would like to be a sponsor, please contact us at sobrietypodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for more guests. So if you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed, please contact us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.